the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And welcome to On the Record with Kevin and... Tiffany! All right. Hey, it's been a while since we have... It's actually uh, Tiffany and Kevin, but go ahead. Yeah, Tiffany and Kevin, whatever. Okay, so it's been a while since we've been on the air, and so I've been getting a lot of emails from different people going, hey, what's going on? Well, Tiffany was in a car wreck where she got uh, T-boned, and she came out of it slightly shaken and stirred all at the same time. So all the recordings that we've done, they had me concerned because I was a rational person in the room. And when I'm the most rational person in the room, I'm generally concerned. Well, so we're and, back. And also I had a headache for, for three and a half weeks before. Yeah. And um, your own painkillers, et cetera. After, right? the, um, after the accident. So, yes, I was on painkillers. Uh, I didn't take much of those, mm-hmm. but uh, it was it was the pain itself. Uh the headache and the back pain. That yeah, but was we're back. so difficult. Yeah. Um, so, so I wouldn't have been able to sit sit through this. Well, first of all, congratulations on winning the Inspire Award uh, from uh, uh, that you that, that we were from awarded, Brain Nation from Brain Nation this weekend. So that was really good. The girls enjoyed that. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Brain Nation is amazing. So what they do is it's uh, a school system, the Inspire Academy. Mm -hmm. So uh, this uh, event was, it was a fundraiser, but it was also an award ceremony. Mm -hmm. And the award recipients were people uh, who were visionaries and who have uh, accomplished certain things in in, uh, the community. It's really about mentorship in the community. Mm -hmm. And so Brain Nation gave me the Visionary Award. Last year, the award went to John Quinone. So mm-hmm. um, it was just a huge honor to have them do that yep. and to to recognize the work we're doing mm-hmm. uh, to fight kidney disease uh, in innovative ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brain Nation, they, they have brought the first uh, uh, rehabilitation school to uh, San Antonio, and it's a high school for kids who have had problems mm-hmm. with addiction. Yeah, and it's it's very it's very innovative, very inclusive, mm-hmm. and, and it's just a um, I believe in what they're doing. So to receive an award from them was was humbling and an honor. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, good, good. That's a good thing. Well, you know, here we we are an opinionated show, and I have a lot of opinions. Uh, but our our big push is uh, B one uh, uh, Republicanism, right? If that's a word it is now, mm-hmm. right? And so, and by Black first, right? We mean we you need people there in the room at the table uh, to to uh, to express the ideas that are coming from uh, people who look like you, talk like you, in the same category as you. And so this is what that looks like in real time, not just someone on the radio talking or on the Internet talking, but someone out there actually living and breathing the things that, that we talk about from on that viewpoint. Yeah. Right? And also it's it's that, you know, anytime you're trying to solve a problem, mm-hmm. you have to be... You have to do it from within. You, you have catalysts on the outside and catalysts on the inside. So if you're not at the table, if your voice is not heard, it's not going, none of your agenda will be further. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So transition from that. Spire Award, we talked about Brain Nation. 
uh, uh, sponsoring that award and you being recognized. But let's talk about just going forward at the Kidney Foundation, right? So you were shaken and slightly stirred from the car wreck and some of the stuff. Well, it was very funny on the recordings. I should probably post some of that stuff on the internet. But let's talk about uh, the transitions uh, uh, at the foundation. <laughs> talk about what, what we have coming up as we prepare for the uh, 2023. Well, Texas Kidney Foundation has, has experienced a major transition mm-hmm. because uh, with several things. One, we changed our, our mission. Mm-hmm. We changed our mission during this pandemic, and the mission is to stop the progression of kidney diseases. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big a big deal because uh, that particular mission meant that all of our our resources, our energy, what the foundation was doing and who we were aligned with had to be evaluated. Mm-hmm. And we had to think through the process. Okay, well, well what does this mean? Well, um, historically, Texas Kidney Foundation had been aligned with downstream. Explain uh, that. When you say downstream on that, what is that? Downstream is is uh, the back end of of chronic kidney disease. Downstream would be um, dialysis. Dialysis and transplantation. Which all those are good things. Those are both very important therapeutics. Those are both very, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we wouldn't, dialysis is life-sustaining for for most of the kidney disease population Mm -hmm. that's in end-stage renal disease. Um, The transplantation is the same for those who are blessed enough to get the gift of life. Um, But what we represent is the 22 people a day that die waiting for a transplant. We also represent the people in stages one through uh, five who are not going to get the transplant. Mm -hmm. And that's a larger percentage of people with kidney disease. So how are we going to help them. And if you take that 10,000 foot view of the disease, we know that a lot can be accomplished with early detection of the disease mm-hmm. yep. and what you put into your mouth. Yeah. So there's a lot of transitioning on that. So with mm-hmm. those two things being our focus, then who we were aligned with, all of a sudden, there was a lot more clarity in okay, we need to be aligned with people that are upstream, that are food-based, that are are, uh, early early detection-based and therapeutics that go along with early detection. Yeah, and then also just realizing, just adding into that, just there uh, that everything isn't chronic kidney disease when you have kidney failure. So that's the big thing there. And so a lot of times what I see just in the, with it is that we will say chronic kidney disease that tends to insinuate or put some onus back on the individual because it's usually through food and something they did to their bodies. In most cases, not all right. But when you just say kidney disease in general, that means there are a lot of things that are genetic that you have absolutely no control over. I think uh, Reginald Ballard out says, says it best. He said, Hey, I lived a clean life. Mm-hmm. I didn't do drugs. Mm-hmm. I didn't, uh, you know, go through this whole thing. And he still, his kidney still ended up failing. Right. right. So, uh, so, so there's something else going on. So part of the early detection that you're bringing is. Yeah. We're, so that with that realization right there, that one nugget, Hey, there may be something else going on. That also prompted us to say, what are the other things mm-hmm. that could be going on? Yep. Is there testing for those things? Mm-hmm. And can we bring it to our community? Yep. Can we? Yep. And that, you know, so we've been keeping our nose to the grindstone uh, and quiet because we have been planning. Yep. The, in order to to really truly have the impact on our community and the health of the people in our community, mm-hmm. um, we have to bring more to the table 
than just back-end therapeutics. Yeah, and then there has to be the other item that we're bringing is the additional uh, things that go with early detection. It's more mm-hmm. than just the creatinine meter, which is a very excellent tool. Mm-hmm. You know, there are other things that we bring to the table. So and also we, education. We went and found the best uh, early detection methods and more convenient varying methods because mm-hmm. our our thing is we can't do all things. So we're going to do the do a few things incredibly well. Yeah. And that's early detection. Uh, so we went to find one of those things is early detection. Secondary is, is education. Mm-hmm. And tertiary is support. Yeah, it's a really the education part. So when you look into the uh when you look in the actual literature that the, the scientific literature on what's the most effective way of doing this. I, there's a lot of uh, low involvement uh, or, or a small number of, of black and brown, right? And I know a lot of B1s get upset when you say black and brown, but that's what it is. A lot of black and brown people were underrepresented in the scientific studies, were underrepresented in all the things that would improve our health, right? And were overrepresented disproportionately uh, uh uh, in, in, in actual sicknesses, right? In the so aggregate the, numbers. In the aggregate numbers. So <laughs> we have really been uh, fortunate to uh, to meet a lot of interesting priests and nuns, a lot of interesting pastors and everything right. who want to be involved, right? And uh, and who are going to uh, really support us next year and bring mm-hmm. education and early detection. Who to are the supporting community. us now and, mm-hmm. that, and with whom we are planning yeah. for uh, 2023, like what we've done, what we tend to do is a, you know, Kevin is very big on, on taking a pool, taking a look at it, running, running the logistics and then expanding out from there. So that's what we've been doing. That's what Thank we, you very much. You see us doing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We love to, we yeah, love but, logistics but, but, but and planning. Yeah. So that, you know, we've, we've been doing that, uh, uh, with with various denominations and building relationships, yeah. trust is is a is important to us, and it's important to the people that we serve. Yeah, and we've we've dealt with a um, with a, a system that uh, is distrusted for good reason. Yeah, and I think the system our time the system uses a lot of it just reminds me when I when I was in the financial industry, right? It's like they use a lot of inside terminology that makes sense to them, but doesn't mean anything to anyone well, outside. There's more the to it than just well, there's that. still there's but you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany. Uh we're gonna come back and touch on this soon. Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about, or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, On the Record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say. Because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house just like at ours. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Here on 9.30 a.m., The Answer, our home, our roots. Yeah, look at you. Okay, so Tiffany's back in motion here. And uh, we're back on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Uh, so, all right. So we talked a little bit about what we were doing, what we're doing, uh, mm-hmm. what you're doing with the kidney foundation. What we're doing. Yeah. Texas what we're doing foundation. with the kidney foundation. Right. I don't want to be that man who comes in at the last minute. Right. And tries to take. He's over been the working with Texas Kidney <laughs> Foundation and me and supporting uh, TKF yeah. since I started at TKF. I mean, our our largest uh, financial supporter is sitting right here <laughs> with me. That's a bad being, right? I guess we're well, not the largest. Well, you know what? <laughs> so speaking of that, I just I just want to make people understand this. Uh, when the pandemic hit and we lost forty percent of our revenue, kidney disease didn't go away. It actually uh, ended up being, as we saw, diabetes was a catalyst for mm-hmm. for um, a, a conduit, if you will. Mm-hmm. 
for COVID-19. And so we saw people who were at risk, highly at risk for kidney disease. That those were those numbers that you saw of people dying. And so when when we saw this and we actually within our own friend and family group, we've lost over this this uh, pandemic over 60 people. So when we saw at the beginning of it, uh, now we are used to the deaths. My uncle just died last week and we're going to bury him uh, on the day that this this recording airs. But um when we saw the beginning stages of it, we, mm-hmm. uh, we were definitely at at a full sprint. Um, yeah. What do we do, and how do we how do we help people identify this early? Because we can see the wave of illness that will come from this. It's not in in just the deaths. People are looking at the deaths, but mm-hmm. it is in what what COVID nineteen and things of that nature do to your body and leave behind after it's affected your body. It's the after effect. And so we couldn't get anybody to uh, fund us. And so my husband left his job, liquidated assets, and put the money into us testing the community. That's what we did. Each year of the pandemic, $50,000 of our money went into yeah, that's not very and, Baptist of us, right? I have a but, issue. But, but we had to we had to get the proof of concept, yeah, so that we could could uh, show a what we're what what we're saying to you is correct. B, here is how we can yeah, help our is. community get healthier and impact the community, and then see this is why you should so support that's ex- doing so on a larger scale. Okay, let's break all that down, right? Because I think one that, of the things that sums that it up, sense. and what I meant by not very Baptist of us is, I grew up as a Baptist kid, and so we were always raised that when you do good for, for people or you're doing something, right, you keep it to yourself. You don't share that. So that's what well, I Well, you mean did keep it. it to yourself. Yeah, I'm I did. sharing it. You didn't share yeah, it. Yeah, so that's what I said. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. What I'm sharing saying. it as the president and CEO of Texas Kidney Foundation because literally, Wait a minute. we would not be, let me finish what I'm saying. Okay. We would not be at the, the place that we're at right now with uh, so many people um, supporting us to do the testing this of, is true. of eight, of 6,000 people that will happen this year, yep. were it not for that investment in God's work. I agree. I was just explaining what I meant because yeah. a lot of times mm-hmm. on the radio and on and, and mm-hmm. on the and on the internet, when you say things and you don't explain them, people's well, minds okay. go and wonder. Well, okay. They, so we do that. So, so let's talk about this. I want to tie this into mm-hmm. something. I want to go mm-hmm. somewhere with this, right? So one of the big things that I get a lot of a lot of slack from from people on YouTube and but back and forth. To you for that well, day. thank you. Is mm-hmm. that you know, when I always say be one, right? And I always use that that moniker to separate uh and, and say I'm a B one Republican. And what that means is I'm a black first Republican. So when I show up to an event, a Republican event, Democratic event, whatever, right? I am thinking black first because that is the perspective that I'm coming from. I am a black first Republican. And by that, I mean an American descendant of a slave. Mm-hmm. Right, that that uh, I but have stated. We're thinking about issues, that have, thinking about issues that have to do with black people. Because we know that if you, if the people that are are considered, and and let's just talk in Christian terms. A lot of people that are listening to us are when we help the least of these, the least of these. Then everybody else rises. Yeah, right? and isn't I that, isn't that, yeah, but I struggle with that term least of. But I know what you're talking about, right? You know, so we're, we're helping the, the individuals right. who are impacted by it the most, right? It doesn't mean we're not focusing on on, on, on our white brothers and sisters. It doesn't well, mean that, right? But we're trying to uh, we're trying to uh, get the way get the ships to come up for everybody. Mm-hmm. And right now, we know we know that when you have an impact on the ship for black people, black people, and specifically black people and brown people in our community, it has an impact on everyone. It's a positive impact for everyone. And there's historical precedence for that. And I always go back to things like when you look at the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, the 14th in particular, that made citizenship a birthright. 
right? Well, if you're born in this country, you are a United States citizen. That's from slaves. Those are from our ancestors, right? And the first person to benefit, so black people benefited from that, but the first person to benefit that from that was an Asian American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say like 1888 or 87, you historians uh, correct me on that one. They benefited from that because he left the country and went visited his relatives in China, came back, they denied entry and he accessed he got access back into America because of the 14th Amendment, which was passed primarily for black people. Right. So when that is the perspective that I am coming from. And so on that part there. So when we are out in the community and you're here and we're and we're there, we're having an impact for everyone. The vehicle that we're using is black people, because that we know if we have an impact, a positive impact for black people. Everybody benefits from that. And, and, and that's just society, the anchor that we have. The and that society we, have. we live in right now is testament to that. Yeah, and right. it's, it's it's where I go, and we have this discussion. Now I'm about to be on a roll here. When we talk specifically about police reforms and 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 misconduct by by the ten percent of the police department, right? And I always say the lower ten by the lower ten in, in the police department. Yeah, right. We we don't want all. Ninety percent of police officers are doing, are doing what they're right. supposed to be doing. doing. They're yeah. they are serving serving us well in our community. But but when we address that specific issue about police being that bottom ten percent uh uh treating citizens who happen to be black poorly, beating them up, doing all these inappropriate things, right? So that is not just it's not just happening to black people. As a it friend happens, of mine said, it's happened to it's, white people as it well. It happens to poor people. Yeah. If that's who it happens to. But we know, though, but we know, but the stigmatize, they stigmatize it with black people. Yes. Right? And that's what they stigmatize to. And so, therefore, because they stigmatize, the only people who get beat up are black. No, it's black but and white people. But we get beat up more. But white people <laughs> are less likely to come out and stand up for that in a very public way. Yeah. Right? And it's less likely to be on TV. So when we stand up, we stand up for So everybody. yeah, so when I so when we make a stand for black people, we're standing for everyone because and I'm going to say something controversial here, black people bear the brunt of, of most of these things. So a stand for a black person is a stand for America, mm-hmm. right? So when you stand for the correction on the bottom 10% being abusive to a black citizen, you're actually standing for the whole community. So we know that when we stand for black people in the medical who are, who are, who are disenfranchised by the medical system, we're taking a stand for America. Oh, yeah, we're taking right? a stand for, for everybody because we know, we know that that the disparities that exist exist in very nuances across the, the spectrum of people who are are middle, lower middle class and poor. Well, you you're saying that. new well, it's a nuance, but it's oftentimes uh people come into the system that I'm just talking with uh, on the particular medical system. One, a lot of terminology is used that you're not aware of. And because you are not aware of that terminology, people treat you like you're stupid. Right. And so there there can be hostility back on the other end because, mm-hmm. you know, I want to get hostile sometimes in my interactions, but I have to catch myself. But and, and do well what I'm there. saying is that just just with with uh, my experience with with varying people groups. Mm hmm. The nuance, and when I say nuances, there are, are biases, different biases for different groups, but there are all these different little, uh, things that they do to people within the medical system. And, and uh, I'm particularly, specifically looking at the medical system. <laughs> within the healthcare system, notice everybody's sick. It's one in three that have, that are, at risk for, for chronic kidney disease. So that's not black, that's not white, that's not Hispanic, that's all of us. That's okay. all of us, right? Um, the way that things like that happen, it's not just that everybody's, uh, there are, I, I don't know how to explain. No, no the way that things happen, yeah, there are nuances. Each group yeah, I've asked you for the nuances. Out with yeah, each but, group is being singled yeah, out. I'll in explain a the nuance way. for you that mm-hmm. you're, you're getting to. The nuance is that it becomes normal to begin to disenfranchise people for whatever reason, yes, right? The- and by disenfranchise, you cannot, li- when they say they're in pain, you're not listening to them. When they say, oh yeah, you know. Uh, well, what's what's been normalized is, is is pointing the finger at right back at the patient. Yep. It's 
This is your problem, not mine. Oh, you, you should have known what albumin is. You need yeah. to figure that out. I, I mean, I literally sat on calls with advocates, with patient advocates saying. Yeah, but they're not advocating. Patient, yeah, they're, they're not advocates. For, and this for is what patients. we come back to, right? So I get into, I'm, I, I'm an internet, with that. I'm an internet mm-hmm. troll, right? Mm-hmm. And I troll people. I troll the left. I troll the right. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm just, that's just, it's funny to me. I troll people. Right. And so my troll to a lot of B1 black people. Right. And these people are saying we're black first. We're promoting black issues. And I said, what issue specifically have you decided to advocate on behalf of black people? Give me the specific issue. Right. And this is why we say that you have to pick your niche. Right. And you go after that and you advocate in a way that is beneficial for the group that you're saying you're representing. Right. And you also advocate in a way that you're able to buy in and get other people to buy in and build coalitions. That's how this country works. And if you're not doing that, you're just talking a bunch of crap on the Internet. So that's why I troll you. And you've been on the record with Kevin and Tiffany. Were P1 Republicans, the American descendants of a slave, are real? We reign. <laughs> <laughs> Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about, or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, On the Record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say. Because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house just like at ours. And we're back with another segment of On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. (laughs) Here on 930 AM, The Answer. Yeah, where B1 Republicanism is alive and well. And we Mm -hmm. are proud uh, American descendants of slaves. So we just wanted to tie that party in there. I always like saying that. Now, my favorite section uh, is politics. There's been a lot going on uh, here since we last recorded. Uh, So we're. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of things, right? And so one of the things. A real first time. You thought you were on some of that pulls pain meds. Was kicking in, right? Yep. All right. Um, so like, what's going on? I will talk about mm-hmm. something because a friend of mine the other day, I was in. Uh, I don't know. I was somewhere in the store on the weekends, and he was. We were talking. We we're catching up. He was saying, "Hey." You work for a nonprofit. I said, I don't work for a nonprofit. I contract for a nonprofit. But he, well, anyway, his point, what he was asking about was that we're very loud about, uh, being Republican. We're very loud about being black first in our, in our brand of Republican, uh, uh, politics, right? And his concern was, hey, you know, do you run into issues where some people want to give and some people don't? Yes. And yes. <laughs> That's true. We run into that all the time. Right? There are people that that uh, that do not believe that that being uh, a Republican and being black can exist. Yeah. And those are uh, and, idiots. And I, and, I love those conversations. Uh, um, there are people that that just want everybody to go over to the other side, which makes no sense to me. Yeah, but we also have people within the Republican Party who roll their eyes when you say you're B1, black first, Mm -hmm. right? So we get it all, we get it, it's kind of an in-between thing, it goes back and forth, but here's... The two of us are are, are uh, outliers when it comes to Yeah, that. and so, and here here's where it stands, right? So, I, I have this belief. And Having I'm, your own opinion. I have my own opinion. Mind. I have my own brain, right? And that when history stands, at the end of the day, right, when, when, when I'm, when, you know, as my precious have this preacher say, hey, we're looking down at you on that ground, throwing dirt in your face. What are we going to say about you, right? And they're going to be saying about me that I, I understood what I believe. I knew why I believed what I believe. And whenever you spoke to me, you got an honest uh, opinion, right? I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, well, I, to, to placate you or. Well, I'm going to tell you, I don't, I don't live by any of that. I actually live by, uh, when that dirt's kicked in my face and I'm standing before God. I want to hear good and faithful servant. And that means that uh, I don't want everything that I've done to burn up as hay and stone. I want to make sure that 
his purpose in this earth has been further. And right now, I see a whole lot of hell going on that's being further and uh, not enough heaven. So when, when it comes down to what we do and it comes down to Texas Kidney Foundation, we will further heaven in this earth. And that's why I raise heaven on legislators. I raise heaven on on uh, other kidney advocates who are not actual advocates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but the benefit it, of that. Thing. But the benefit of that, right? Because I, I don't what believe do you in. Stand for? Yeah, I don't believe in being lukewarm. I believe you either right. on one side of the issue or the other side, and, and you know you've got to take a stand, right? It's that old thing: if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Mm-hmm. And each issue is nuanced, right? But uh, when you when I give my opinion, my opinion is thought out and we're taking a stand on something. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Right. So taking, taking a stand, stand on healthcare, on healthcare, Right. That's mm-hmm. that's our issue there. And also, this, uh, so which is why I always stress. Now, I stress, you know, I, my number is always 80 percent. I think 80 percent of black people need to vote I Republican at this time. Tiffany's a 50 50 person. Right. Black people present in large numbers in both of these parties. And it should be people who care about improving the economic conditions in African-American communities. Mm -hmm. That should be at the heart of everything that is being done, improving the economic conditions, dealing dealing with social determinants of health, dealing with the things that are at the heart of the community. Okay, let's talk about that because I got into a debate, semi-debate, <laughs> with, with with a friend of ours, common friend, right? And the question that they put <laughs> forth was, why? I why? know who he's talking about, so... Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm I ain't sorry. Okay. But the question was, why? Because don't you know that the Republicans are a bunch of racists, Right. That's what he, that's the, that, that, and, and I gotta tell you, that's a, that is a hard image to overcome for Republicans well, because a lot of the people we appeal to is the base, but it's driven by who votes for you, which is why I'm very pragmatic about this when I say 80%. And that's in key areas, right? We could turn the vote and there's a lot of issues because if we come in in large numbers, then people like me and Tiffany, we can come in and say, hey, we have a, a certain percentage of people who are going well, to be Well, my comment is, is just be direct about that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not racist. There are definitely people that are racist. Mm-hmm. You know, to pretend that there are not or to pretend that it's okay is not, uh, it's not good. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I know that there are racist Republicans. And when they roll up to me, they get what they get. They're going to get the clock. But what that does, right, is that that breeds a healthy political environment mm-hmm. to where people simply can't look at you and say, oh, you're you black. You got to defend your idea. Yeah, you're black. You must be a Republican or you say you're a Republican, you're you this type of Republican, right? Which is generally what I like to call the Stepford Republican where they're like, hey, master, can I say, I my, like can I give you my it, opinion? I like to call it cooning and tap dancing. And no, I'm not a cooning and tap dancing. dancing. Yeah, but you have that, right? But that, but that is the perception that's there. But, but what that, but what, what you don't have though is a healthy, political environment to where black issues that affect all black people, be they Republican or Democrat, right? They affect either us directly or some family member that we have indirectly, Mm -hmm. you know, things like schooling, things like policing, Mm -hmm. right? And things like economics. Those are the big three. Economic, schooling, and policing impact everybody, right? And those are the three big issues that impact, uh, impact me as a black person, right? uh, uh, so that we education need to be is very important. Yeah. Education is the key to uh, achieving prosperity in, mm-hmm. this, in this country, whether you are self-educated or formally educated. It does require education. Yeah. And so those resources have to come. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to get so in. We have to have an influence on. Yeah. Resources. And that's done locally. Now, I know. Uh, and I'm going to get I want to make some people mad, but I'm going to say it anyway. I know a lot of Democrats, a lot of Republicans, but most a lot of Democrats would tell you that that is that is on a national level. Right. They want to push things nationally. No, that's local. You have to come in because the yeah. government set up on a federalist basis and you have to participate 
in the local government and not just voting. Right. You should vote. And that's why school board elections exactly. are important. It's very important, though. Uh, it's important to engage in your community. You can't complain about your community if you don't engage in the processes that affect your community. Mm-hmm. And that's what what uh, we're advocating for when it comes down to um, the political processes. We're advocating for more Black participation in the Republican Party and in the processes that affect us locally. Because when you start, you we see, if you just take policing, for example, we know that police departments that have, when they hit a certain percentage of police officers within that department, the incidents of racial bias, the incidents where where they're having um, racially charged incidents with police officers and, and uh, African Americans goes way down. Once you hit, it's like 32%. Or 32%. But that's not the sole thing. There is that percentage number, but there's also processes of accountability yes. for conduct. Yes. Right. So you have to have that process. Nothing makes me matter than uh, wanting to give an individual or a group of individuals the power of God, but the accountability of a four year old. Which is and what there's we always an excuse and a reason for that job is hard. Yes, the job is hard. Which is what we have in policing. And it's yeah. also what we have. We, we have the same mentality, same mentality of, of accountability of God and, and uh, power of God. Power of God and accountability of a four-year-old with doctors. Yeah. We listen to and revere doctors and we have consistently and systematically become less and less healthy under guidance that has been um, not appropriate. Yeah, but that, but that, but see, but that's a system of accountability that's lacking there. But, but, mm-hmm. but back to what we were saying on the reason that we that that we stress the political involvement part, and we stress it on. For me, it's on the Republican side, right? Uh, is to get more, is to balance out the power, uh, because right now, if you do, if you look at the, if you look at all the polls, right, all the polls right now say the majority of black people are not happy, nor are they satisfied with the Democratic Party. Right. Now, I'm just going to keep this real. Right. So on the other side, right, for those people who vote Democrat, uh, who are black, who vote Democrat, always vote Democrat. Right. And you're waiting for uh, some white politician on the Republican side to come over to you, give you some stuff or give you an idea of what they can do in order to attract your vote. You're crazy. It's not going to happen. Because right now it will cost too much and they're running a risk, right? And on the voting, just sheer resources on the voting side, right? So that's where we have to come in in large numbers at the participate, participation. I sound like Herschel participation. Walker. <laughs> participation level of the party in large numbers. And that is why I emphasize that. And what does that do? That balances out, injects a new healthy, political view in the party, right? And balances out a lot of the crazy that's in Come in and be who you are and support your community. That is how you you want to know how you change a party. You come in and just stand up for what's right and what you believe in. That's yeah. how you change what what the focus is in any political And you also process. have to be willing to be unlike it. It's not about being like, it's about doing what's best for your community. There are people that will be within your community who won't like you because you have the nerve to stand up, even though they're benefiting from it. So being liked means nothing. And you have been on the record with Kevin and Tiffany, where B1 Republicanism is real, and we are truly the American descendants of slaves. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, 
silentbutdeadly.org. Take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org. All right, last segment of the day. All right, today we're recording this on Tuesday. So if you haven't gone out and vote, voted yet, you should get out and vote. Uh, so no, we're today is voting day. Today's we're Tuesday, recording right? it on Tuesday. Day. It's not going to air until Thursday. Yeah. So whatever has been done, the cast will have been the the die will have been cast by Thursday. This is when true. This, when this airs, people will. Will uh, probably be in an uproar over something. Uh, I something think new. I think we're gonna be in an uproar about Herschel Walker because that fool may win in Georgia. I ain't got a dog in the fight in Georgia. It's just curious to me because I don't know. Tiff and I argue. We we go back and forth about Herschel Walker. So we'll talk about no, him for a few. We don't go back and forth. About <laughs> no, we do not. So Herschel Walker looks like my conversation. I don't know. Looks like Herschel Walker <laughs> may be a senator of Georgia, right? And I'm just like. That fool can't even hold two sentences together. Uh, he sounds worse than you did on backpack medicine. <laughs> one of the more illiterate senators. <laughs> but uh, I can't but say yeah, it definitively that he would be the most illiterate. But <laughs> but uh, definitely, yeah, we may be saying Senator I, Walker of the great state you know, of Georgia. He's, he's well respected as well respected as an athlete. Oh, okay, as an athlete. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, I don't know much about Herschel Walker yeah. other than the sound bites that that I've seen through a haze of drugs. So I don't know. Okay, they're worse. <laughs> they're worse than what you experienced through the drugs. Because it seems kind of like, oh, yeah, is this real? And, and, and right now, a lot of people in the party are supporting him because they're trying. They want to take over the Senate, right? So that's you know, and I get that part, right? But I'm just like, could we have found mm-hmm. another black guy, <laughs> not him, right? Somebody who can hold some sentences yeah, together. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but uh, I am not shocked at the behavior of uh, of uh, Herschel Walker as far as his past and him uh, all the stuff that he's done there. He's an athlete, right? I don't expect anything anything less uh, of those guys. And well, I don't, I don't think like that. Like I do. I'm cynical. Doing that, uh, I I think it, w- what he does and with whom he does it is of no interest to me. Um, my question is always the same when it comes down to politicians. Yep. Are you going to serve the interests of the people? Does he even know what the interests of the people and, are? And that, I don't think he even knows anything right there. That's Sorry. The, that's the part that that uh, I find disheartening in all of this is that you don't hear people talking enough about the topics that are truly affecting Americans. And that is, I, I mean, I just went to the grocery store. You know what I was saying to you? Because I hadn't, you know, like like we said, I haven't been able to to do a lot of the things that I would mm-hmm. normally do because of, uh, of well, the yeah. accident in September. So I hadn't been in and out of the grocery store and in, I, I, hadn't, yeah, been, I hadn't been, you know, per- making purchases for us. Um, and so I went to the grocery store and, and I'm pretty, I'm, I'm methodical about groceries mm-hmm. and, and what, you know, I have a budget. I know that, that, Yeah, things have gone up 20%. Some some things have gone up 30%. Um, I'm going to troll you a little bit on this one. You think Herschel Walker has enough What's the word okay, I want to say? I Mental capacity before, to understand the economics before. that are driving the grocery practices. Individual. I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the. But the we political, talk about- I'm talking about the political landscape in general. I don't hear enough people talking about the cost of food, the cost of, and what that truly means. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when something we know, OK, we know one statistic, which is that uh, most Americans live paycheck to paycheck. OK, so we know that statistic. If I raise the cost of food by 20 to 30 percent and I raise the cost of gas and I raise the cost of all the things that but I haven't raised this person's salary, where are they getting the money to continue? Well, the- 
Where are they getting the money to to buy the food? Are they going from P, you know Robert Peter to pay Paul? Uh, people have to be. So you're saying we're about this. to have I'm red saying, waves? What you tell me? I'm saying people have to be experiencing some real strain when it comes down to just the day-to-day of their lives. So hearing who Herschel Walker slept with 25 years ago and what he did, I don't care. I care about how are people going to put food on the table? How are they going to pay for medicine? How are they going to how are they going to get from point A to point B to work? You know, that's the stuff. I, I think that's the stuff people want to want. I have to an know. answer. I have an answer for that, right? Which you just get a job. That's what most people would say. Oh, no, no. Get a second job. Get a third job. That would be the. That's the cynical answer for that whole thing, right? Okay. But. but but that we know that we know we know there's more nuance to that, right? But the, at the same time, right? It's still. I'm glad I'm not voting in Georgia. The still, it's you have to appoint people like Herschel Walker, who's got to sit there and go through the policy and vote up or down on on those things, those very policies that impact the thing that you're talking about. And so, and and that and I come back to people need to be. I, I don't hear a person who who has thought through that stuff. For me, that's what I'm looking at. I don't think Herschel Walker has thought through anything. I don't. I don't hear. I think he's heard echoes in his head. I didn't hear. (laughs) (laughs) You are terrible. I'm I'm telling you. I didn't hear. I didn't hear any of those real, real substantial. This is what, and that's what we need. We need people who are going to come in with a plan who have who are substantive people who have thought through so what basically what you're telling me is that that eliminates Herschel Walker if we're why are you substantive why are big you word on this right because yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting there with Herschel Walker running for senator he's going to be a senator in the United States Senate that's what he's running right, for. We don't know that he's going to. Oh, I think if you've seen the polls, the, Tiffany, the, the, that fool has a chance. And this is why. Cast all their, okay, all let me tie this in. This cast. is why I say, look at Herschel Walker. And I'm not a big Trump fan. I'll tell you that right now. So y'all can miss me with all the emails on Trump, right? But Herschel Walker and Donald Trump are two examples of why average people need to be involved in government. Because Donald Trump has undermined the basic tenets that you need in a democracy, right? And yeah, people have to distrust, right? So I personally, if you were a denier in the state of Texas and you're on a Republican ticket uh, on Saturday, I did not vote for you. I did not. I bit the bullet and voted for the Democrat. If you were a denier, I didn't vote for any deniers, Mm -hmm. right? Because you have to have trust in the system. Yeah, you. So not a single denying in and undermine the trust in the, the system. Trust of, that is such that is such an important part of democracy. Little D. Yeah, that is such an important part of democracy. Is is the very systems that we put in place. Here, here's what I predict. There's going to be, I'm going to say, I'm just going to pull this out of my butt since this is what's making this up. I'm going to say about 20% Don't, of black making people, this up. about 20 to 25% of black people are going to vote Republican this time around. Watch, you're going to be surprised at the number. It's oh, going to be a high I number. I, I'm, I'm not willing it's to throw be, out some percentage. I'm just throwing it out, right? But, but I, On but, Thursday, today we're recording this on Tuesday. It's election day. I pray. On Thursday, it's going to be about 20%. But don't vote for them deniers. <laughs> I'm I'm really concerned about about the number of people that are on the ballot that are, are uh, election deniers. Because, you know, what, what I found... What I find repugnant is so many people are doing that, and the very people that they're saying are are bad folks. 
come right from this party. They're destroying people who are Democrats and Republicans just alike. They're destroying Republicans and their reputation. There are people, there are people that counted ballots and that are in the, in the, the, uh, electoral process at that level that there are Republicans throughout that. Mm-hmm. And to come in and destroy their names and destroy their careers and have people have to wear bulletproof vests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's, it is wrong and anyone who supports that should be ashamed of themselves. Well, okay. So Donald Trump is promoting that. He's, oh, yes. he, he's calling these mm-hmm. people rhinos mm-hmm. and they have Republican mm-hmm. street cred, if you will, right? That goes back five, six decades. Which is why we have to stand up against this nonsense. So here's an example. And right? that's why I say people like that get the fire when they come to me. Yeah. Because uh, this isn't about when we were just having the conversation about being like it's not about being liked. I'm obviously not liked. Obviously not. <laughs> Guess what? I don't care if you don't like me. Uh, yeah. Because but you know what? Is- what I'm standing up for is the right thing. And when when I leave this earth, ashes to ashes, I will leave this earth in the right. While the rest of you who are going along with this nonsense, going along to get along, going along to to further yourselves and to prosper yourselves, you're going to have a whole lot of heads that yeah. are burning up. Oh, my God. You sound like your grandmother. Oh, my God. All right. Victoria was awesome. And I, I am her granddaughter. I don't know what to say to that. But other than when you, you listen, listen to this. On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. And you just heard the tea. <laughs> mm-hmm. According to me. Here on 930 AM The Answer. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930 AM The Answer. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent but deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, silentbutdeadly.org, take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.